intro. Do the intro there, Tony. You hit it? Yeah. Hello and I'm, welcome I'm, to the Muscle and the Hustle podcast. Tony was sleeping there, so I decided to jump on myself. He's He thought I was trying to clown him. Welcome back. Another 100 151, maybe. We're back anyway, guys. We're back. We're back with a bang. We're straight in with questions. We put up the question box and we got inundated with a load of questions. Some of them are some of them are a bit bit out there and some of them are are pretty normal. But we have a big one, Tony, to start off with. This one was sent us. Boy wants to stay anonymous. Now bear with me, it is quite a long question, right? How much importance do you guys put in feeling valued in the workplace? I have a good job, which is sought after by many in my industry. It pays well, and the work itself is important and provides good level of satisfaction. Statistically, I'm the highest performing member of my team, yet twice I've been overlooked by for promotion. This is not an entitlement thing. I feel like I've earned my opportunity to be promoted, yet others who have not performed as well have progressed, and I feel a bit stuck and left behind. I have thought about this a lot and I do not think there's anything else I can do to prove myself anymore. I've spoken to management about it and each time they refuse to discuss the matter and I say and say it will be considered again in the future. I have to put up with this other types of internal <laughs> bullshit such as watching others who are average to poor performing employees being favoured because they seem to be more popular and despite the setbacks I continue to turn up every day and put my head down to get results. I feel the management do not value me and this leaves me feeling very frustrated. And after years of putting up the shit, I'm considering leaving the team. I think everyone has their limit. Am I right to feel frustrated and consider leaving? Or should I get over myself, continue to work away? Because as I said, it's a good job and allows me to provide for my family. Am I placing too much importance on wanting to feel valued? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, like the first thing I would say is the minute you put your value and your worth in somebody else's hands, you're going to have fuck all of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's my honest take on that to the best degree that I can possibly think of. Like whenever I break that down, I really line that out for you. I just think like you're shooting yourself in the foot because you, the minute you put your worth in somebody else's hands, it's it's never going to be enough. You're looking for validation for somebody else. The only validation you can have is your own self what would you like i honestly think that's very straightforward but i do think that yeah sense. but i do get what he's saying if he's striving for to promote himself in the business to move forward in the business and he, he puts everything in it and he's the top performer but keeps being overlooked i do get that thing because it happens to me it happens to me a lot in in the industry i'm in that you feel undervalued you, know, you do your job, you put on a good show, you sell a good amount of tickets, but then you feel like the venue's undervaluing you. And even though you could stay on in the venue, make good money, get good money. And I have, like, literally in the last couple of months, walked away from certain venues because I felt undervalued. So I do get what he's saying. Also, if it's, yeah. it's a good, it's a, it's, if, if promotion and, you know, getting further up the ladder is what drives you yeah there's a significant problem there um but if it comes down to an emotional thing an emotional response that you just feel undervalued that you're not really driven um to make more money or to move up the ladder you just it's it's the next step and you just thought you should take it yeah don't put your don't put your value in other people's eyes because a lot of nine times out of ten people never see the true potential in you never see the true value in you but it all depends on where you see yourself if you're mad for promotion 
and you know that you are the next in line and you keep getting overlooked yeah i can get i could get why you would be very annoyed um it's a tough one it is a tough one like it'll be same say if you were tony still in the fire service and you you wanted to move up the ranks and you kept getting overlooked would you feel undervalued or would you just put it down to like internal politics or wouldn't let me stress like yeah i understand where you're coming from because obviously in that sort of job you're outlined but i just think it's one of the things where you know when you're doing your best that's all you can do just continue showing up now it's different if you're you start to feel like you get cheated out of something but that's all perception you know people turn around and be like oh he was a favorite he's related it's all still perception like if you become undeniable like i remember you saying that before about yeah. your dj it's, it's a case of you sort of have to lean in with it like that if you just become that good or otherwise you can just move like it's one of the things if you really think that's true but you have to be 100% of the bone but I think it's like anything I think with that question I still stand with it like mentally you just don't add somebody else value no matter how hard your work is it's your work do you know what I mean what you put in is what you get out to yourself you, you're you not doing it just for them you're doing it for a team player you're doing it to lean in you know, all that matters not just one thing would you say but at the same time if if people didn't value you in that job but you knew you could move to a different team in a different company and you think that you could be valued more there would you do it yeah probably would like say if say for say for instance if it was i don't even know what industry say if it was a tech industry and you know that you're pretty good and you know if you if you put out like dangled the carrot to say another tech company and the tech company goes, he could be available. If you're that good, they will probably snap you up. As long as they know you're that good. Or if you can prove to them in data how good you are. So maybe it is something you have to look at. If, if value, feeling valued is a big thing for you. you no, know, sometimes it is. Sometimes people just put the head down, don't care what other people think. You know, they just go in and do their job and they, they hit their numbers and they make their money and their grant. Doesn't matter if you like them or love them or hate them. They just they are you know it will not they're unfathomable i think that's the word then you can't budge them but then certain people depend on what they're into likes to feel valued um so if, if the value thing is high on your on your scale maybe it's something you should look at maybe dangling the carrot and you know just seeing what the options are you can end up dangling the carrot and making yourself more money for the same I don't think there's anything wrong with going looking elsewhere if you're not valued in like a relationship you're not valued in a job well that was the next thing I was going to say what if this was a relationship yeah, and you, then you have you sit down you have a conversation with them yeah. that's the first protocol well it sounds like he's had a few conversations now he's asked why he's been overlooked and uh, they, well, they, they aren't really giving up the, oh, the other thing is too now in this day and age not the sound there is a lot of box ticking there's a lot of ratioing you know businesses need a ratio they need to sometimes it's not always a, the best person's getting promoted the best person getting into roles a lot of businesses for years didn't give everybody a fair go especially females didn't get a fair go in a lot of businesses a lot of businesses now have to catch up on that same way as people from different ethnicities weren't given a fair go and now they have to catch up on that there is a bit of like the police went through it, I think it was like 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago, where it was just Catholics were given jobs in the police because they needed to get that ratio up because they were meant to do it for a long time. They didn't do it. And then for like two years, any, any like friends of mine were turned down 
they're policemen now, but they were turned out at the time because they weren't Catholic. <laughs> they were put yeah. on like a waiting list. So maybe there is a bit of that too. Um, and but they can never, you can never admit that, you know. Oh. Um, do you want to do you want to roll on to a different one because I don't want to. Yeah, jump. Do- grab grab you on that. I'm sure, you've got them there as well. I see personally. I think a really good one is. Well, I don't like that one. Let me have a look here. A. Last thing I was read. Nah, I don't like that one. Uh, sorry, sorry. One second, folks. Uh, yeah, here's one here. Do you think getting on coke for one night a month, mad one or event, is bad if you enjoy it? Personally, like you, you can answer how you want, but yeah, I still think it is. I I think whenever you're taking it, I know caffeine and alcohol is a drug, but I think it's it, it's like people who smoke a blunt once a month. It like it's very easy to. For me, it's all down to what balance you want in your yeah, life. I'm not the sort of individual. I'm not the sort of individual that can have like once a month coke. Like I could do that, but then it just would affect me too much. Like as much as you're going up, you have to be coming down the next day. In my opinion, uh, yeah. Well, it's the same as it's the same as pretty much alcohol as well. If you if the only person that can really answer that is is yourself because. I, do you know what I think is a good way to break that down and uh, uh, this is something that really stuck with me whenever uh, I started like no fap and stuff like a while back uh, is if you wouldn't tell your family about it you probably shouldn't be doing it like or if you wouldn't stand on stage and publicly announce it probably not best to do it you know like whenever you think about things that people would want to announce cheating on a partner an affair taking drugs masturbating you know, and whenever you break down things like most normal things in my day-to-day life like i would easily start on stage and tell people i wouldn't even flinch but whenever you started talking about the cd stuff or the stuff you're a wee bit embarrassed or shamed about and if if any part of your character feels shame which it has to because of the way that that is locked out from an individual standpoint maybe it isn't and maybe shame is just a perspective but in my opinion if you feel self-shame not shame from others about that trait about what you're doing the fact you've even had to ask us that would highlight to me the fact that you're needing that verified that that's okay or the fact that you're starting to think that maybe you shouldn't be doing this so in my eyeline and my thought process around this i would sort of argue the point that the fact you have had to ask this highlights your answer it's like whenever you ask a question you already know the answer you know what i'm going to say i've done it i i think it's it's just it's not a productive yes you get happiness but you get a lot more downsides to it and for me i just think it's one of the things it's if you're feeling self-shame from it and you ask yourself and that's sort of similar to the, like how I went no fap and stuff I got down the line and how I even stuck drugs that's sort what's, of what's no, what's no fap? oh no wank Jesus Christ that's a very common thing like don't get me wrong this is a long time ago I've done that but that's a very common thing that people will be at like I thought it was an American I thought that was the Amer- I thought that was an American thing I thought it was no no uh, like cel- I thought that was celibacy Celibacy is where you don't have sex or anything, though. Like, no, but no, I thought that no, I remember the no fab thing, but I thought that was like a, a university Ameri- American and thing, a university American thing. But I thought that meant like no ejaculation oh, no. at all of any no, type. No, no, no fab just means no uh, right. masturbating. Like right. I, thought was, I thought it was a Christian thing. Yeah, it's just I don't know. Like, uh, fair enough if you want to. Do it. Like, it's like other. Oh, it's like if you feel no shame and doing it once every eight weeks or something, you can work away. But it's just for me, it's just not a. It's not something I would do. Yeah, it uh, does sound like it's something that you you really knew the answer to. Um, but yeah, well, the only person can answer that is yourself. If if it's exactly, something if it's something exactly. you like doing, 
and you want to do it, you're going to do it. Doesn't matter what two people in the podcast tell you. But it sounds <laughs> like that maybe you know, you enjoy it, you've noticed the downside, you just need a wee bit of reiteration that there is a downside. As Tony says, with every up, there's a down. With the highest of highs, there's the lowest of lows. The better the high, the lower the low. It's like when you're you, it's like when you're go out in a bender of drink and you're dying the next day and you eat all the bad food and you're just you're just in a bad shitty mood. There's a reason. Because like that's just how it works. You know, you're you know, that's just how it works. It's just unfortunately, that's how it works. Um, but good question all the same, but it sounds like you knew the answer. Yeah, for me, you haven't had enough pain yet from taking drugs to change. You'll you'll get there if you're not out. But also uh, on the flip on the flip side, on the flip side is, you know, if you can keep it to that, you know, time length you're saying, like one, what do you say, once once a month or once every eight weeks? That's what he says, or whatever, whatever, whatever it yeah. was. You know, it, is it going? You no, know, like it's not. At least then you're not um, abusing it. Uh, you know, you know what I mean. Like, there's people that would do it a couple of times a week. There's people that do it every single weekend. There's people that do it every single Saturday night. If this is something you it needs to get out of your system, if it's a short term, like I don't know, like you have a short term. I don't want to say the word addiction, but you know, you know what I mean. You're just that age where the boys are all doing it, but you can minimize it to that, and it's doing you no harm. You know, it's it's really it's going to be up to you. It's up to your it's up to your judgment. Um but the problem with anything is overconsumption. With anything. With like alcohol, shitty food, porn. It's overconsumption's the thing that's gonna get you. And if it's something that does have a high, you're gonna want more of it. Because that's like everybody wants the crack. No, everybody wants the good crack. Everybody wants to do stuff that is a bit of buzz. But there is a very no distinct no, there's a there's a problem, and the problem is raising its head again. I thought it was kind of after lockdown. I thought it kind of chilled a wee bit, but seemingly people can't go out now once again without coke. No, seemingly it's like it's 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 back with a vengeance. I thought it kind of slowed down a bit, but it's definitely a thing again. What else have we got here? A there's a fucking heap of them, Tony. What's your number? Does that mean like actual phone number? Does that mean like sex number? That means your sex number, Tony. Well, well take it I, I take it it's not you're not gonna start baiting out the oh oh seven eight four. <laughs> that's when I read that I was like my phone number. A uh, my number would be see I have no shame in this at all. Uh, my number would probably be I wouldn't know it exactly, I would need to cut up, but it's it's well under ten. And I'm really, really not like, oh my god, that's terrible. I like do you know what I mean? It's one of them things. You were you were in a really long long term thing, like. Yeah, and on top of that, see for me, and you're really weak never, when you're younger. I, like, I never ever want a high number, and it's yeah. something that I. Now, don't get me wrong; I'm not wrong with. This. I just personally don't want a partner that has been with really high numbers. That does not mean that if you have high numbers, there's anything wrong with that. It's just something that I don't like in an individual to have if I'm going to date them or see them. So, for me to have high numbers is completely hypocritical. Yeah. I don't know my so, number, but it's 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 a lot more than that, don't I? I've tried I to work it out. I tried to work I tried to work it out with my ex girlfriend before and it's I couldn't I, like I, if I would give her a number, it would have been a lie. Like it would have been a lie because I just don't know it. Everybody 
everybody I've had, and this is something I think needs touched on as well. Anybody I've had, uh, like I've had very minimal. I think I've had one, maybe one one night stand, and it was the most degrading. This sounds terrible. It was the most degrading thing for both people involved. It was shite. I, I don't know how people do it every weekend because it, for me, it just like it. Don't be wrong. There's nothing wrong with like good sex and that, but I, it, for me, it's just one of them things where like it was just like like not major like don't get me wrong I'm all in for having a good time and yeah all that but like yeah especially a night out like drunk sex is nowhere as good as normal sex so for me most people I've had sex with I've been seeing for like a decent time period if you get me it's just one of them things where like I have no I've, I don't know what it is I just have no drive to go out and just start trying to like you know it just doesn't it doesn't attract me at all I'm just not attracted to that sort of individual uh, I don't know what it is it's, I've always been like that strange uh, I would say my number somewhere around the 10 mark anyway but people would be like, I remember saying that before whenever somebody asked me on a like a drinking game before, and they were like, "Oh, that's actually terrible." And I was like, "The fact that you think that's terrible, and yep. you and I, his number, his number was seventy nine. I think he'd counted exactly." Jesus, how? But how would you know, Ola? That's a, he that's... said he counted, counted exactly. Like he knows the numbers. He keeps track. He's always kept track. Fucking hell! Was he writing and down his notes? For me, yeah, fair enough. If you've been single, Joe, ten years from your twenty or thirty, that's still on. But for me, I think you always attract what you are. So I'm not going to attract that sort of the same values and the, the, the like what I want. So it's always that thought process. Do you know what I mean? Like that's always what the way I've been, which is very, very different. But it's just, it, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a bit of a different one. I don't know how we went down. Is Michael Jackson still alive? Uh, in my opinion, no. Michael Jackson is dead. <laughs> in your opinion. Uh, <laughs> right what else have I got here here's uh, one for you well the boy wrote coke ahead. water but I think he means cold water do you think cold water dips are placebo or or S&C says other than neuro benefits they are useless unless done in controlled tubs uh, personally the studies back that they're not that great for like performance like the, the only they're not good cold- for strength performance they're not good for strength performance. They're only good for, like, say, GA or soccer if you're trying to recover quickly between, like, say, a session and a match. Yeah. But the point is, when you when you hop in cold water, what it does is it flushes away inflammation. But the problem with that is inflammation signals muscles to grow, adapt, improve. So if you're immediately getting into cold water and you're a pro footballer for Man United and you have a match on a you have a match on Saturday, you're in the water Saturday night and you have a match Monday, that makes sense because yeah. you're just focused on the next match. But if you're trying to grow as much muscle as possible or you're still in your development stages, it doesn't make sense. The only reason I do cold water, and I say this to everybody, because everybody's like, there's studies to back, it doesn't help muscle growth. I'm like, I ain't going for muscle growth. The only thing I'm going for is discipline. Yeah. See if you are, will get into cold. Like I got up this morning at fucking half five, drove to Bloody Bridge in the water, dipped, stayed for like eight minutes, didn't want us to even get in, never mind stay that long. And see when I do that everything else see cooking meals see doing work see all that becomes so much easier and I love the water once in a minute I love my headspace but it's I do it for the the mindset side of things like and for me when you, how you do anything is how you do everything if you can get your discipline right everything else follows but that's it yeah but if you're looking some performance enhancing effect it, no but then some of the top athletes in the world do it like Seabom does it for bodybuilding Joe you'll see athletes do it all the time so in my opinion it's just you need to figure out what works for you I think something science can be a bit overkill I know a lot of people are going to hate that and I'm a big fan of science but like I have a, a sleep ring and it always tells me I sleep like shit and it stresses me out and I'm always like I just like to sleep like just stop melting me <laughs> it tells you you're overslept 
tells me I don't sleep deep enough and it tells me I'm wrecked all in the mornings even though I get like na- like loads of sleep and feel great so it was making me it was making me feel tired uh, I think there's a what, what is fuck me what are these uh, oh there's a good one what's your biggest insecurity Mickey what is mine what was it or what is it um, I don't know I know what mine is straight away. I've done so much work on it. Your height? No, 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 fuck. That's <laughs> such a shite insecurity. My biggest insecurity is not being, since no age it always has been, and I've had to work for it in therapy, is not being good enough. It's the driving factor behind everything you do. It's the, it's the, it's the three main traits of, a, of a, like a millionaire plus or a billionaire is superiority complex, a crippling insecurity about not being good enough, and the third one is... They can control impulse. So in other words, they always think long-term, not short-term. They struggle to think short-term. Uh, and I literally have... Now, superiority complex just means you feel like you have more potential than most people. They're, they're the three main drivers. And I literally, when people say crippling and scared, I used to have a very bad one. Now, not so much because I worked for it quite a lot, but that was definitely a lot of the years prior to me. Uh, very, very... That's pretty me being pretty open and honest. Like, it doesn't phase me at all to say any of this. Uh, I think whenever you are afraid to say anything like that, it shows you haven't worked for it, you know? I don't know. I don't know what my insecurity would be. Weight was always one when I was younger, but really and truthfully, I never cared. Like, like I, See, did, I didn't care enough to change it. So you know what I mean. You might have, yeah, but you might have uh, uh, had one when you were younger, and then you've just naturally, with age and time, I think as you get older, you naturally stop having them as much because you start to know who you are. Yeah, uh, I don't actually know if there's any major insecurity. Um. No, not like that. Probably weight when I was younger, but like, yeah, at the same time, it wasn't like major. Like, it was, I kind of just was, yeah, it was just a thing. It wasn't really like, I never give it much, um, I never give it much credence. What's your view on doing the crew? I work in a shop close to Tony, and there's a wee minx looking a bit. Problem is, my ex used to work with me, and that ended badly. Handling, but a nice handling to have. Personally, you see, for me, uh, I just, I just don't, I don't believe in shit more you eat. Well, that's 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 the big one I do in the crew. Don't I take it? Your your ex used to work. I so she, I wonder did she stop working with you because she was your ex? You know, she had to cut the job. Um, what shop? What shops close to you? Is there a service station or a, a, like a shop? Like a yeah, there's loads of shops, but like it's fucking hard to that'd be hard to pinpoint exactly. You know, um, but yeah, like. Yeah, it's it's that's a tough one. Um, I suppose depending on your age, it sounds like you're probably a student. Um, yeah, go for it. Have a bit of fun. Fuck it. Yeah. What's the worst that can happen? Two axes quit their job, but sure, you know, it's probably not the job for the rest of your life. I do, yeah. but I do believe in people don't have enough fun these days. They're like the young ones are under under a lot more pressure. I do feel that a wee bit. It doesn't seem. It seems like they've come out of lockdown, and they're you know they're just maybe haven't lived enough of a life, and they're getting jammed into uni work and getting jammed into jobs. It feels like a lot of them haven't, you know, potentially even thought about what they want to do or where they want to go. You know what I mean? Because yeah. straight out of lockdown and straight into uni, like some of the people, some of the first years would be fifteen, sixteen when lockdown happened. And now they're in uni, and 
like they missed out on a whole lot of growing up. So they're, I don't know, it's weird, it's a weird, it's a weird dynamic. You just see it, kind of, they're just not as, it's not that they're not as mature. It seems like they've had to rush their maturity. Um, and it seems like they've missed out on a lot of, like, almost, in a, in a way, make, you know the time in your life where you make loads of mistakes and you learn from the mistakes? Well, it feels like now that they're they're crippled, afraid of making any mistakes. But then that could that could also be a, a generational thing where, if you do make a mistake, the chances are someone's going to fucking put it online or make a TikTok. You know what I mean? Yeah, but sure, mistakes are part and parcel. Like nobody remembers them too. Like I said that in a video quote a while back, and it was like nobody I ever meet asks me about the how the give back raffles went remember about two and a half years ago i launched a raffle company and i done shite we didn't even sell the first car to close it it was like i'm not taking the loss and now you're supposed to take a loss for a year but we were like fuck this it's just don't want it we gave up too easy because we didn't we'd done it for a charity but then we didn't didn't do it right anyway but nobody ever turns around to me and says oh good man that fairly fucked up on you or nobody asked me about any of the the online courses i sold at the start that didn't go well he only asked me about what goes well nobody remembers like it's like that Michael Jordan shot, you know. Like they, you never. I, I know they're saying you take every shot, but it's a case of you never. You never remember the shots that miss. You always remember the shots that score, the game-winning shots. Like they're the ones yeah, people remember. People, people have more important things in their life. But, I'm but glad because I know sometimes it's hard for people to get that under their head. But you might get the piss taken out of you for ten seconds, like. I was listening to a podcast earlier, and I forget which one it was because I was listening to fucking five this morning, and. Uh, one one of the things a person said was it's do you know what it was it was Dana White in an interview it wasn't even a podcast and he said and this and I don't believe everything Dana White says but this is actually a very good thing it got me thinking he goes there's never been more competition to to make something of yourself right I know it's a bit off tangent but he said but there's never been a softer generation there's never been more snowflakes there's never been more people that start and quit than now and oh, yeah. He, he honestly he says he says something like run over all these kids which is a bit intense but realistically most people don't have the work ethic that people did years and years ago and if you can bring that work ethic now into the fold it doesn't matter how many is there you stand out like a sore thumb in every field I don't know where this has come from but oh yeah, yeah it's that. true it's it's because the whole I, Jake Paul Logan Paul thing people are too free of their images see back 50 years nobody gave a fuck about their image people were just trying to fucking survive and thrive and get get away versus now everybody's worried about if they launch a business and are they going to look like a dickhead on Instagram or if they quit their job are they going to look like a fool to their girlfriend it's all this perspective and this image they built up of themselves and they're trapped inside these these cages people build themselves sometimes. and I've been very guilty of that myself like whenever I was coaching and firefighting like I really struggle to leave firefighting to get into coaching I know now if I was to leave coaching I would struggle to leave it because I'm built into this cage but it's one of these things we build what we're confined to and you realise that you're you're usually confined it not even by your own vision and mission and values of time periods it's actually you're getting confined it by security these emotions and the, the, this what society's built for you rather than what you really want because i do believe really deep down that over your lifespan now i'm all for somebody working in one job throughout their entire life there's nothing wrong with that. but if you're five ten years in their career and you go this isn't for me or yeah. this relationship isn't for me or x isn't for me you literally need to stop dead in your tracks give it a little bit of time to settle and then see is that a true fault or is that an impulse and if it's a true fault it sits with you that's going to stay with you long term and you don't realize it but you're actually caged inside something i'm thinking oh well this is safe this is easy this is the way it's supposed to be and you're probably missing really where you're supposed to go because your body is yeah i feel like you're 
without getting spiritual, I feel like your soul, your, your sort of your gut intuition, your mindset will tell you where you naturally need to go. And that's why, like, I feel like I had to dial back coaching and had to dial property up because I was just working too much. And it would have been easier for me to stay coaching, like just as one sole gig. But in the long term, I knew that I'm, I, I, need, I wanted to spread. I wanted more wealth. I wanted, I felt like that route was where I want to go. I can make more of an impact on lives whenever I make more money in that sense. And I just felt like I was getting trapped. Now, don't get me wrong. I love coaching, but it started to feel like work for once in his life. So, do you know what I mean? It's one of the things where I do feel like you're, you will understand that for yourself. And just don't get caught in the idea that there's a, there's a one route for you. Sometimes I think people, the best thing I've ever done the last 12 months is, I, I sort of got stopped my tracks around August because uh, of a lot going on. And I really had to just take a bird's eye view of my life. And I think a lot of times you don't slow down, take a breath and go, what is going well? What is not going so well? And where do I want to go? Now, you don't need to have an exact vision of five years, but if you're not happy now in your job, you're not going to be happy in five years. And it's one of these things where you don't stop and take a look around. You you can really, you can end up realizing you're traveling down the wrong path and you're your own cause of not misery, but discontentment is probably the better word. That was a bit deep, wasn't it? It was. I thought you were going to go full Ferris Bueller quote again. Uh, that's quite a good quote too, isn't it? Isn't what is that? Good. If you don't stop. You don't stop and look around sometimes. Uh, if you don't stop and have a look around, life will pass you by. Very, very true though. And it's one of the things you don't realize and, that's something I've been getting a lot better at being present in the moment and it's made the last three, four months of my life have been some of the best and some of the worst too but some of the best in terms of actual being there and enjoying each and every day as it comes so just food for thought with people sorry, back into the Q&A before I bore all you to death apology hey, this, well, this one here kind of leads in what do you find the biggest challenges are in your industries? well probably, well if I, I was to go first here the biggest oh, yeah. challenges in the music industry is getting heard and it's always going to be the biggest challenge you know if you think about it there's probably 10,000 plus songs released every Friday maybe more maybe 20,000 on Spotify alone maybe 30,000 so you're, you're, you're you know, there, there's always going to be that challenge is getting heard um, other challenges would be being consistent you know keeping ahead of the game keeping relevant you cannot rest your laurels at all because the, the industry changes week to week day to day you know if you could be the toast of the town today and forgotten about tomorrow so that's probably the biggest challenge is thinking the the problem most people have is they think they've nailed it and they have nailed it they might nail it for six months and then all of a sudden they wonder why is the fucking phone not going anymore why is uh we're not getting messages from people. Why is people not buying tickets? Why is people not listening to my music? It's because you start resting on your laurels, thinking you had it, you had it sussed. And then the gigs start disappearing, and you worry. And then all of a sudden, you have to look maybe about taking on a part-time job to make up the difference. And that's where, that's where my industry kind of differs than most because most industries you kind of you know you get into your job and you work hard in your job and you do well and you, you can progress whereas imagine you were in a job where there's no entry level so technically someone can come in that's less skilled but do it cheaper so if you were a doctor imagine somebody that was you know just came in and go well I'll do it cheaper than him 
sure give me a go tonight and then they go to you you don't have to come to work tonight this guy's going to do it instead um, that's the kind of way you kind of just have to keep you, it was we talked about earlier you have to be undeniable and that's the reason I've had a pretty decent career because you have to be undeniable even if people don't like you I know like not people as fans or listeners or whatever I'm talking about like venues venues you know might like you because you may be ran an event against them before or you know work for a rival but you have to be undeniable to go you know what I don't like him because he used to clear out this place but I, want, I need to book him regardless um, but yeah that'll be, I think that's the biggest kind of challenge that you just have to keep grinding non-stop every year every week you know you can't just go that was a class year last year this is a gimme this year never works that way yeah like I think yeah like the biggest challenge in my industry I would just say is very I think it's all of them but I just feel like it's it's like I wouldn't say work ethic because it's not but like that's the biggest challenge most people have is just they they, they don't realise I think with anything they do how much it really takes from you in a soul position like you really have to fucking that's why people say it's about passion but you have to have something that's driving you more than yourself whenever you are just a working for yourself you'll never work as hard for me i would say maybe that and i would say probably being seen now because of obviously everybody's saying saturation but i feel like for example like if i wasn't even doing that much reels or content i would still be seen because my results are better than everyone's and i like to stand by that so in my opinion i feel like the main issue in the fitness industry right, right now is that we're getting loads of content creators not coaches oh yeah there's a very fucking big difference and people are falling in this pit fat trap of this these are the people they're drawn to because they're connected with which is absolutely fine but that doesn't mean their number one priority is coaching whereas at the root of it people are still my number one priority yes obviously creating content on a large scale helps a lot of people but for me it's one of these things where coaching is, is my number one basis and if you're selling coaching and you're taking on people you're making the content for that coaching should still be at the bar front because that's the actual service where people are paying you so yes you can give all the free content but it's one of the things where that's probably the main thing that's actually the issue is results for people in our industry like i don't see enough of them i don't see enough where like i don't see anything that i do that's extraordinary apart from learning the last lock of years before i started and journey it and just doubling down with clients that there's no reason somebody else can't get the similar result but lack of systems organization care and accountability maybe a little bit educated all these small things and for me it's just lack of results is is the main issue in the fitness industry because there's that's why so many people have got in because people don't know who to turn to no entry level yeah exactly uh, that's an interesting question like, don't get me wrong growth and all that's fine but whenever you're really good at something you stand out regardless do you know what I mean it's, it's not one of them ones where I'd be overly stressed uh, sober dating tips do you have any tips for that I think that's easy it's I think fucking easy just fucking go no. don't go to a pub but go to go. do an activity I think, I think don't get me wrong I think like dinner is a shite first date that's just my personal opinion no uh, no no I wouldn't say that I don't like dinner. Well, it depends. Like it depends dinner. if you if you have a thing like about other people eating. No, but it's more so a case of just. I feel like it's a very serious first date. Not well. It depends what the food is. If it's a formal dinner or brunch is good. Oh yeah, brunch, coffee, or like grabbing a burger or something is completely fine. But I'm talking about like fucking a little bit of burger, like, burger, we're messing off now. The first date, you know what I mean, mean, whenever you're out and like, about eating, but you get my point. But uh, like, imagine so, uh, you went on a first date and chomping on chicken wings 
Like, no, 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 no. I mean, why am I like, <laughs> I think it's because this person probably does what most people do and they just go for a drink for the first table. And then end up getting people. fucking blitzed. Which I don't think is a bad thing ever because a couple of drinks does loosen everything up and can make chemistry fly. So there's nothing wrong with that. But, uh, but the, no, there's nothing wrong with brunch, coffee, go for a walk, grab a coffee, go for a walk. You know, fuck, sure, that's what most people are doing all lockdown, like. I think I think coffee and walk. It's not really like a mad date, but it's just it's a very simple thing to see if there's any attractions. Very relaxed. Whereas that's why I think sometimes dinner flops for people because it's very serious. You uh, can't do cinema. Cinema is the worst date, first date because you don't cinema, speak to each other for ninety minutes. Well, I think the rated things couples do together, and I found this very interesting. I was listening to Jay Shetty earlier, and I appreciated it. Uh, and he, the, one of the lowest intimacy things you can do with your partner or with anyone, and I think everybody's guilty of it, is watch TV because it's the it's the lowest form of connection. Well, so, not Netflix and chill, though. Yeah, well, fair enough if you're having <laughs> sex, but even at that, from a connection standpoint, oh, yes, yeah, yeah. that's why, you know, Joe, when you break things down, it's like that's the reasons relationships break down. Intimacy breaks down. There's not enough effort. There's not enough, there's not enough thought process. It's it's not that there's not enough effort. There's It's just actually thinking about it. So effort in terms of thinking. But it's one of them ones where, like, going to the cinema breaks that down. For me personally, I would just pick an activity, something that I would want to do or go. You know, you could take a fucking drive and then take a walk somewhere you would actually like to go rather than just the normal route. And then it makes it a bit different. Now, you could take lunch, coffee, you can do an activity. It's not a big fucking deal. You could, do you know what I mean? You bring if you just sober it, just don't go to the pub. Yeah, or do you know what I mean? You can always have one if you really want or something, but... Uh, I don't believe there's anything wrong with having a drink or two on a date either. I feel like there's a fine balance, but you have to portray who you are. Like, if you never drink and you bring them to a pub, yeah, that's all right. But, like, I would probably, Joe, you know, I think most people would sort of lean towards that. But there is that fine balance. Obviously, if you're trying to get lean or stay focused, you don't want to be going out and have fucking 10 drinks. And it was especially at the start, people being nervous, so they'd be swamming it in. My tips is see, with that, I would be working on why you feel maybe that you need sober dating tips. Like, why are you not enough? If you're not enough sober, to spark up a conversation it's you're you're not getting the mate do you know what I mean you're not getting what you want anyway so it's because you're not going to be able to hold it like your relationship is going to be spent drunk and you might think that's just the initial but in my opinion like if you can't do it sober then you're always going to have that doubt in yourself so it's just repetition as well if you've not dated sober you need to do it then learn maybe that didn't go well right why didn't that go well it was awkward was I overthinking it was it this a lot of the time with all of that you just need to relax don't put so much projection of what it needs to be your expectations and just let it be what it is and usually nine times out of ten it falls where it should be anyway in my opinion yep 100% that's the reason people get nervous and anxious because reality doesn't meet up their expectations or that's what the reason people get unhappy because they feel like they get cheated out or something it's like when a relationship doesn't go well or whenever somebody doesn't lose enough weight in a certain week they get annoyed because they didn't want it to go that way but that's your expectation not being met when you have very little expectations yes that's not a great thing either but when you have very little you're easily pleased and you're not stressed any others uh, here's one about the I'm seeing guys who speak to girls in the gym getting called out so much and TikTok's made about them what's your view on it do you see that TikTok uh, I think I know the TikTok are talking about no what's it doing a guy chatting the last up so the girl's on the squat rack and the guy goes are you using this or is that your last set and she goes she goes like she took her headphones off and goes sorry and he goes is this your last set and she said something and she had but she had her camera set up you know that must have been doing her squats taking videos of her squats and then she put up a tiktok about like why does men want to interrupt females 
train to just make conversation and some fitness guy big bodybuilder boy like shared it and commented and was like the guy literally just asked were you finished like he was literally in that scenario he was doing nothing wrong and then like loads of people then started like replying and going but he was just the only reason he asked her because she was good looking See, but then it's hard. No context. Like, he got uh, him trying to start a conversation and on, but he could have generally wanted the machine. Like, I, I will go over to women if they're on the cable machine that I want and go, sorry, don't mean to interrupt you. How many sets do you have left? And then they'll go two and I'll go, oh, spot on. I'll be over here. Just give me a shout whenever you're done. And that's it. And Joe, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's different if you're trying to hold a conversation or make something. But then at the same time, sometimes conversations just happen. Like, when I ask a fella sometimes if they've got the cable, you'll end up just talking for a moment. It's the same as like, just because they're the opposite sex doesn't mean that you're immediately trying to put your cock in the I room. was about to say that too, like. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, if you have, if you have a girlfriend and you're chatting, to, you're talking to women on a night out, it doesn't mean automatically you're flirting or you're, do you know what I mean? You're just having a conversation. It doesn't always have to be that connotation. So with me, I feel like that person's done nothing wrong. And I feel like, but I, I'm going to be honest, most females do not like getting chat up in the gym. That's very rare. No, they don't like getting chat up in the gym at all. No, I uh, think it's it's one of them things where you would almost be better fucking sliding their fucking DMs. But I think whenever it's 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 your own gym, do you know what the problem is here? It's a place that people are not comfortable in the first place, especially if this is yeah. somebody that's maybe not like like if you're gonna be there and you slide in that person's DM, it's very, very rash, or you fucking go up and chat them up. You're now making that place of safety and connection. And like to me, really what the gym is to me, it's like a fucking religion, mate. I fucking love it. It's my downtime. And see when that gets up. That, that, imagine like I got asked out and I said no. And she took a half. Every time you see that person now, it's friction. It creates animosity. It's, it's so I don't know if it's if it's the best protocol in terms of like for their respect. I understand you have to take your shot, but I do feel like there's a balancing game. Like you you sort of know see if you see if you fucking just reply to one of the instagram stories and write something funny and if it's yeah. fuck all reply fuck all dry you'll know if in two minutes but just start small conversations there's a big difference between having conversations and fucking flirting like fuck and the thing is if you flirt like fucking it's not reciprocated please pull the fucking nuds back because it's not that she doesn't get the point people will value it like you think for example mickey you're in the gym right you're single and a real you're a woman and a really good looking man comes up to you and starts talking to you you immediately have a conversation with him if you're not in he's not good looking to you you immediately try and end the conversation or joe you, know, you maybe you just try and pass it by vice versa same for a female like if you're you'll just have a normal conversation versus sometimes people will almost linger for the conversation and you will feel that energy but a lot of the times you won't get that in the gym and you're better approaching it in a different manner and being polite about it and the problem is most people can't handle rejection and then that's where the animosity comes but if you do it well you're all right i do feel like there's a balance yeah i don't but think, I, think like, I personally always say go go for the shop but learn from it then yeah i don't think like not all guys not all girls in the gym are there to find men and find no, they're there to work on themselves. That's what the gym's for. Um, so if a guy does say something to you, like, or a girl says something to you, go, are you near finished with that machine? You can quickly decipher whether they, they might hang about a wee bit longer or they might try to say, you know, if they're coming up making small talk or whatever, like, yeah, no, that could mean something, but not every guy is hitting on every girl in the gym. Um, so yeah not every girl is hitting on every guy in the gym now my gym is fairly flirtatious of a gym I will say that now um, I've never come across a gym like it to be honest 
But where's this? Uh, David Lloyd in Belfast. Speaking of David Lloyd in Belfast, Frank Lampard is on it today. Oh, that's man. No. Very nice man. Very nice man. Had a bit of a joke about the rugby yesterday with him. Don't know if you should be making jokes from other fellas in the sauna, but, you know. Does Frank Lampard not have a house in Newcastle? Is that not correct? I don't know. Well, is he married to Erdogan Blakely? She's from Bangor, Hollywood or somewhere. I don't know. He may do. I have a strange feeling he owns a house in Newcastle. He may do. Very nice man. Was in the sauna today, and we were talking about the rugby. One of the Ulster rugby players was there. We were talking about the Ireland game, and then he made the joke and goes, just not, let's not talk about the England game. So, fair play to me. It was very nice to everybody. But then the wee kids in the pool lost their shit when he walked out. Uh, which is a wee bit awkward for him. Like, <laughs> he's just mincing about in a barrel. Fucking mm-hmm. George. Uh, what else do we have here? That Casey one actually came in twice, but I don't even notice why, so I'm not reading it. Where the fuck are you at? How did you both do in school? Not great. What was your GCSEs? <laughs> Fuck knows. I got a. I passed about five of them, six of them. I passed everything, but not by much. Um, I, I didn't sit. I didn't. I, I walked out of a few exams because I had a big football match and I needed to get physio. So I left a couple of exams early to get rubbed down, I, which I in was hindsight sh- was, was sh- fucking idiotic. Like. As an actual student, I was shite and I got mainly C's and B's. That was literally my life. I got one A and I was in geography and a lot of muck. Uh, but personally, uh, for me, I feel like school never taught me what I needed anyway. University was a complete fucking waste of time, my honest opinion, and just a waste of money. Uh, yes, I got the uni experience. Yes, it shaped my life. But like from a standpoint, I could have used them years a lot more effectively, in my opinion, than what I'd done. So don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with drinking, but I just, all I did was drink because I went to uni, whereas if I didn't go to uni, I would have been probably had as much crack. So for me personally, unless you're doing a, you're doing a degree like physio or social work, you know, you're targeting a job, that's absolutely yeah. one. Yeah. And I'm not saying anybody that's doing actually science, it's wank, but like mine for what I wanted in the long run, it was wank. I, I just wasted my own time. But so you didn't know you wanted to be a coach back, yeah? No, I knew I wanted to do something in the gym. That's the only reason oh, I picked the, the, the course, you know, because there was no real, like, see back then, like that we're talking here, nine years, eight, eight, ten years ago almost, I picked my course. Like, there was no, like, it was very hard to even get people on YouTube teaching you. Like, you're talking people like Mike Thirst Maroney really starting to come around a year or two after that, you know, yeah. the, the Rob Lipsitz Maroney starting. So, like, gym knowledge was, like, textbook-based back ten years ago. Like, it wasn't like a... Like I was reading Arnold's encyclopedia. I was reading books on muscle, like movements. So like, that's where a lot of my foundations come from, versus a lot of people's foundations now is from courses or educators or me or other influencers. And it's one of the things where I feel like they're learning off that. Whereas back then it wasn't like that. So the, I had to pick that degree because I was like, how else am I going to learn how to dad effectively train effectively? And there was fuck all coaches. It wasn't, there was well, people no- were afraid to s- share their secrets. Yeah, back then people, nobody wanted to share. Nobody wanted to share anything. The only thing that was willing to share was the textbooks. But yeah. any coach. Like an where, yeah. And then like the first main online coaches that came out like in, in Northern Ireland were like the the Phil Graham, the Ashley Crooks, the Luke Hazlitts. And the funniest thing is now they were some of the first in, they were some of the first out. Do you know what I mean? Well, Phil uh, never was online. Phil no, was Phil rock. Phil was rock. But, um, Phil was rock. But, Phil was rock. But I. Um, yeah, very, very interesting. Luke Hazlitt was the first it, online coach. Yeah, it was a very different model and all that thing. Moonbeam. It's one of the things where I don't think like it's, it just depends on what you do and what you really, really need. 
Uh, do you know what? I'd be very interested if people wrote in their numbers into the Q&A and if they give a fuck. I suppose the, the number question was very, very interesting to me because it's one of them ones where, like, I know men that are really proud of a high number and I know men that are really, like, sort of whistle away from it the same. Like, women, your women don't really like the high number either. So it's one of them things where, like, for me... I understand if you if you were trying to find the one and all. And well, it depends when your number was done too. I think if you if you're still if you're still bouncing through high numbers in your thirties, there might be an issue. But say if you were single from the age of eighteen to like 22, 22. 23, yeah. and you kind of racked up a few numbers then. But if you but, pulled if you pulled once a month for four years, you're you're realistically going up to like fifties. Do you know what I mean? Ah, you know what I mean. Like, but now no, if no, if you're not hard. if your number continues to skyrocket into your thirties, even in in your late 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 twenties, then there's probably a certain but like if you realistically most people kind of lose virginity around seventeen eighteen, and if you do like as you said once a month for four years. You're yeah, you're you're yeah. well in your fifties, then. Um, There's a good question as well. Uh, do you guys get much I was attention? About to read from the, one, do you guys get much attention from the opposite sex? I get some, not a major amount. Drives my girlfriend nuts. My job isn't unsimilar to Quinn's. Ooh, how do you deal with the attention or deal with not going to fact of it annoying girlfriends? Oh fuck! Uh, so I've had the deal. I've had the deal all my life. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to be honest I do think this can get in people's heads like imagine she was on the other foot though yeah imagine your girlfriend was in your shoes and there was constantly guys chatting it's very hard not to be a little bit jealous or get a little bit insecure in it but that can be a really good thing for a relationship because that shows that you're of high value you know there's other people like this is a really good quote loyalty only matters when you have other choices Ah, uh, yeah. yeah if you if you are if you're this is me being honest. If you are, this is not being made cheeky, Joe. You're, you're, you're literally down and like if you rate your areas, Joe. Finance, style, health, uh, your ability to have to have a conversation, your confidence. You rate all these and say these are all fucking ones, right? And this is me being cheeky. You being loyal to your girlfriend is is okay, but whenever you have multiple, say say you're a multimillionaire say you're in shape say you're you're working on yourself constantly and you're a good family life you're a good person like you're of a very high value and your loyalty technically because you have more options is of more it's like going in the ice cream shop and all there is is vanilla like you're not being loyal to vanilla you're loyal to vanilla whenever there's fucking 50 of our flavors there you can pick from and you still go i want the fucking vanilla because that's my one that's who i'm sticking with so for me uh, you have to understand that them them almost chirping on that is a, a conversation that you need to have and relationships break down because of communication everybody knows that but actually asking why does that bother you and her going well she's giving you attention but and you go do you think i would ever do anything on you and if she answers that uh, that, that her issue is trust and if it's not that then it's maybe an issue she's not good enough to hold you i would want to be of a woman in my honest opinion that is a little bit jealous but in her heart heart knows that my like my morals my values are with that individual and there's no there's no garner do you know what I mean I know they can be jealous but the trust needs to be that secure that like there's no there's no doubt because see once that starts seating in that shit is hard to get rid of uh, now in terms of actually do you get much attention Mickey I would say you get a good bit in clubs do you um no nah not as much as you'd probably think so at certain times yeah you do um but like not it's not like 
as seedy as you would think. Like most of the time, people are just like literally saying hello or asking for something. The odd time, um, the odd time you do, you do get a wee bit, and people would slide in your DMs after gigs and stuff. But it's like most of the time, it's harmless. Like it's there's nothing like there's nothing like forced or anything. You know what I, you know what I mean? Like it's just like people shooting their shot or people having a bit of fun. But it's probably a lot less than what people think. Um, yeah, but that's hard to know. Some people would, would assume it's fuck all, and some people would assume it's it's mayhem. Aye, most people most people think it's mayhem. Most people I would think, assume it's mayhem. Um, it's it, I suppose to some people, I'm probably I'm numbed it. Like it doesn't it doesn't phase me at all now. It does like I don't even give it any uh, any value or any credence. Like if mm. uh, like if, if somebody shot their shot tonight. And I just laughed it off. Like, I wouldn't even remember it tomorrow. You know, that sort of way. I don't, like... Like, I wouldn't go, fuck, we chancy gear last night. You know what I mean? It's just, like... You're just, like... Ah, it happens. You know, it does happen. Um, But I get the whole, like, the girlfriend thing where they, they be... Yeah, like... It's it's hard on them. But it, if they trust... Like, I've, I've had to say it, like... If you just trust, it's there. And at the end of the day... That's all you know. That's all you can have is if you don't have, if she doesn't trust you, you don't have anything. And if you don't trust her, same applies. If if the shoe was on the other foot, um, but yeah, it's something I've went through with with every ex. Um, some of them deal with it very well. Some of them deal with it really well. Um, some of them actually like like laugh at you know someone shooting their shot, knowing that I go home to them. Like they laugh, like they nearly makes them feel better makes them they love it like but other ones would just even hate the fact that they thought someone was trying to shoot their shot um, yeah, yeah but yeah. like i don't well you have to be you have to be capable of placing your own shit like i heard dan blazarian said this and he made a very good point he goes like if you're with a really beautiful woman right and that's your girlfriend that's your wife like yeah she as much as as much as you should go do you know and say somebody won't stop pestering her right go over there and say like mate right fuck off but you shouldn't have to do that for yeah. every meal. At all. You're, you're you, like straight away. Anybody I've ever been with has been chatted up on a night out by another fella or whenever you're writing about that happens. That's going to happen whenever you go with somebody with good energy, good looking. And the thing is they need to be able to place that shit themselves. They need to be able to turn around and go, yeah. Joe, no, sorry. I've got a boyfriend. And Joe, if they continue, look, I'm not being rude. It's not happening. Mate. See you later. Joe, they can't expect you to come over and fucking fight every battle. Just like, you wouldn't expect your your girlfriend to come over and tell a girl that's chatting you off to fuck off. It's your job to to put it down nicely. I do feel like I'd be interested to see what you think about the attention I get, Mickey. That I'd be quite curious on what the perception of that is. It's the attention you get. Yeah, I would say. A, yeah, yeah, I would say. You, well, we know that you get a lot of meal attention because oh, I get buckets of meals. All right, but I would say, yeah, you. I would say you would, but I would say. They probably because my a lot of my attention will come while they're alcohol on board, so they're exactly. a wee bit they're a wee bit more ballsy. Whereas the ones that slide into your DMs normally would like ask a question, as you said earlier, like they ask you a question, like maybe oh what time are you on it tonight, and then you reply on at ten o'clock, doors open nine, but then like they try to continue a conversation. You know what I mean? That's. I but I would say I, I would say you do get a bit. I would say I the only problem you don't get more is because you probably don't reply. You know, you don't even see yeah. half of them. So you're probably I like, 
you know, if you don't if you don't reply, it doesn't go anywhere. But like, like you'll see somebody if you want to see them. Do you know what I mean? Like it's one of them things. Like, uh, but I would say, yeah, I'd say, yeah, you do. Um, it's, it's it's definitely for me. There's a like I no, don't get me wrong. I just assumed, and this is a very interesting concept for people, and I think a lot of people with decent followers will know this. My attention from females and males skyrocketed till I hit forty thousand. See when I see when I doubled it probably cut down to a quarter of what it was. Now, it's not because I've got uglier. I probably have. I think it's because, and this is me being honest, people think you're not going to reply anyway. Yeah. You see somebody with 10,000, 15,000, 30,000, 50,000. Like, if I was going to chat a woman up randomly and I DM her and she's 5,000 followers versus I DM her and she's 100,000, the odds of me getting a reply are a lot probably higher, even if they're the same looking last with the less followers, because the amount of attention somebody's getting whenever they have that many followers, they're getting lit up. It, it, it absolutely blew up my ego whenever I blew up because I was getting so much at the start. Yeah. And that's a dangerous thing as well. Uh, so it's actually died down quite a large amount for me, which is actually great because that is not really what I'm on Instagram for. I'm on Instagram no. to monetize, to be honest, and provide provide value and give my my purpose is on there to educate. You know what I mean? That's what I'm about and changing people's lives. Now, yes, that's all hunky-dory. If somebody good-looking wants to slide in there, yeah, that's all fine. Joe. That's a compliment. That's attention. That's great. That's ego-driven. But it's not what the purpose of mine is for. So my, my Instagram is actually pretty much purpose-built. Uh, yeah. But that's, but then you can tailor that. Like, really good example is, like, I have a photo shoot photo to put up tomorrow. Uh, of you I, yeah from like way back I'm just doing a caption with it. but if my grid was just that like it starts to become like uh, this is what I am here's these really professional photos it's all whereas mine's very much humor based it's it's like trying to brighten people's day so for me it's 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 a lot more whenever I'm out that's when I notice it because people as you said or like I was in the national on Friday uh, and like I just noticed that there was a lot more people especially of recent that like will come over straight away versus when I had 30 nationals no fucking kip isn't it yeah like I, I, I'm gonna be honest I didn't really love it but we went uh, we only went for we only went for a couple uh, just I literally we were at that day St Anne's Orchestra I think it was unbelievable uh, was Giddy and fucking Ged there or Jed Jed and Giddy. I have no clue. We I only popped it. We literally had to, I literally have, <laughs> mate, I'm not I'm not a I'm not a big drinker. I think I had three drinks the entire night. Uh, I'm just I will go out and see if I'm in Vegas or I'm in a beef or something. Yeah, I'll go on the drink and I'll I'll get pretty like tipsy and not well on. But I always hit a point where I'm just like midnight I'm carrying on for no real uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Diminishing returns. The crack's not gonna get so me better. Don't get me wrong, the attention's good, but the funniest thing is see whenever you get attention from everyone. It also fucks with your head a little bit, you know. Like, like if I read out my notifications now, Joe, there's uh, die three three nine two plus ninety eight others have followed you within the last twenty like twenty nine minutes. So it's one of the things where like it, it is in, like that feels unbelievable when you have a thousand followers because you're like, oh my god. But now it's sort of like a secondary thing where it just is the new norm, uh, and people think, well, fuck me, how's me getting that many followers and drop them? I drop followers as quick as pick them up. It's sure not old taking new. Like I'm a very more my person. Uh, I think that's a very interesting interesting question because I think people would assume there's a lot more but Joe I, I don't really think my Instagram is like a posy one it's not like where I'm on smiling and tense and it's like I zoom in on my fat head all the time and also like it's pretty much a fucking turn off yeah it's, um, you, don't Joe, use your, you, don't, you don't use your Instagram that that way that's, that way, not, yeah. what, that's, not, that's not what my Instagram was ever made for my no. Instagram 
if I like, I, I always say this, like, yes, it's a really easy way to chat somebody up if you want to go for Instagram, but I do feel like you, you, it's, it's like a modern way, but it, for me, it's just one of the things. Like, if you, if I really wanted to chat to somebody, I would, yeah, you could message them or whatever, but it, I would probably just walk over them. Like, I'm pretty fucking blunt, you know, but that's the way I would say for anybody to, uh, I just strike up a no pressure conversation because it takes balls, Joe, you know, and I think people respect that more. It's very easy to slide in somebody's DMs and be a creep. Like, it does, does indeed. That's, that's but hey, you not see every out, you know. So there's that catch twenty two. Any others that you want to run through, or do you want to leave a couple? I think I think we'll leave a couple and we'll grab them the next day because there was a few. There's a few other ones. There's a couple I missed. There's a real dirty one I missed. <laughs> I don't know how I missed it, but there's a ass absolute filthy one that came in and I missed it. But I have to go looking for it. It's absolutely disgusting. But we'll do it the next day. And um, but yeah, guys, keep rating, reviewing. Let's see, I know I'm going to check. Uh, keep rating and reviewing. Uh, share the podcast to all your friends and listeners we're gonna do one in person again soon and yeah have a good week guys see you later